Welcome to another episode of Live at the Family Barbecue. The illest place for you to get this black news culture, world culture in general, uh, every day on Tuesday. Make sure you share it with a friend, man, and uh, spark up some conversation at work or with your loved ones or your wife or your husband or your dogs, cats, marsupials, whoever you're talking to on a daily. All right. Glad you tuned in listening. Got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Talk about. It's been an eventful week. Um, as you know And uh, we want to start off with love first Love first We lost a beautiful spirit A uh, HBCU grad And uh, one of the best writers of all time Nobel Peace Prize winner Toni Morrison uh, Unfortunately passed away today So we want to give her love Uh Send our positive energy to her family, uh, friends, loved ones, uh, who I'm sure are uh, deeply hurting today. Because uh, if uh, she meant this much to us, and uh, most of us never met her, we can only imagine what the family is going through. So we want to give her a huge shout out, a whole bunch of love. I really got to go and read a lot of her stuff now. Uh, you know, it's so hard, man. It's always so many books, so many people, so much TV. So much music, like it's hard to get to everything. So I really got to dive into her uh, readings, uh, her books, because I know she's phenomenal. I've had a chance to, you know, watch some of her stuff on YouTube, watch her speaking, things like that. And I could, you know, obviously intelligent, brilliant sister, man. So peace, love and blessings to the great Toni Morrison. All right. Love, 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 love. We also want to send a big. Uh, hug uh, of humanity to the people who were lost in Dayton and um, El Paso, Texas. These shootings that happened this last week. And, uh, you know, just sad, man. Super sad. Uh, you know, forget the politics and all that. All this stuff about it Should guns be legal All of this All of that Like I honestly just want to say I'm praying And I'm hurting For those families Because I can only imagine What it's like to Think your loved one Is going to Walmart Or to the club one night And you'll see them in the morning Or see them in a few hours And then you never see them again Like that's That's uh that's intense, man. And, uh, you know, to go out in a way like that, that's, you know, cruel and, you know, really vile and disgusting, man. It's, uh, it's, it's very, it's heartbreaking. So definitely, um, keeping those families in prayer. And, uh, it's been, it's, it's very, it's kind of, it hurts, man, to see so many different, um, you know, politicians and, you know, people in media in general, uh, journalists like using this as a way to catapult or push whatever narrative it is uh, to uplift themselves or, you know, their candidate or whatever it may be. It's, it's been very disgusting to watch, man, for the last week. And, um, you know, it's like it needs to be checked. Now, I don't know who the person is to check it. Like, I guess you just got to check within your circle because there's no way to really check, you know, all these people like that. But, you know, it's a very it's, it's, it's shocking, not even shocking, man. It's just disgusting to watch. It's really disgusting to watch. But I am interested to see how this plays out and uh these debates that's coming up with these dims man uh, as you know trump didn't say what he said you know his presidential thing he praying for the families all that kind of stuff but the speaking points for the dims uh i'm gonna be interested to see what they say because um you know it's very easy to take this and you know blame it on trump and the hate rhetoric and all of that but you know mass shootings have been happening for a long time and if you're a black person in america uh living in a lot of the major cities the la's the oakland san francisco's chicago's the baltimore's 
uh, the Miamis of the world, Atlanta, uh, Houston. Like, you know, it's it's black men and women getting shot down, you know, every day, you know, amongst ourselves uh, from weapons that we don't have really the finances uh, to get and also shouldn't have clearance to get. Like, you got... You know, people in in the hood, man, with weapons that they're using, you know, overseas and, you know, full blown war, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see because I want to see who's going to take it there because this has been a problem for us and the people in black uh, and brown communities, especially black and brown communities, uh, you know, here in the U.S. to see, um, you know, this has been a problem. And who's going to be the one who's man enough or woman enough to bring that to the forefront? Um, because, you know, something has to be done, but something should have been done, you know. So who's going to be that person to not just put it on who's in there right now? Because we've been getting killed and people have been having access to guns and, you know, destroying our own communities and our own people. Babies, mamas, grandmas are getting shot by our own, uh, you know, for a long time. And those guns, those guns and those bullets are a problem, too. So I want to see who is going to be the person to step up to the mic and say what needs to be said on that. That's what I'm looking for, Uh, because if not, like, uh, you know, you play into the emotions of the people uh, who are grieving right now, which we all should be. And um, I don't think you're talking to the bigger issue, uh, which is. You know, gun violence has been a problem for all of us in instances that don't just involve, um, you know, these crazy shootouts in these movie theaters, clubs and things like that. Like it's really happening every day and it's getting swept under the rug. So let's see who brings it up. Let's see who brings it up. All right. Now, let's get into it. We got to talk about it. And this, this is what we're here for. And y'all reach out to me, you know, and let me know your thoughts. But there was a rule implemented today. Got to build it up. It was a rule implemented today in the NBA and NCAA that is now requiring, not asking, requiring that... The agents that represent the players uh, now have a college degree. Now, a lot of you might be thinking, oh, that don't seem like, you know, too big of a deal. Like, you know, or I thought they already had them, you know, yada, yada, yada. Now, it's very interesting that this comes about now. If you've been watching it, uh, Clutch Sports, uh, also Rock Nation, has been doing a great job with athletes the last Last few years, last few years, Jay-Z, of course, doesn't have a college degree. Um, LeBron James, no college degree. Rich Paul, no college degree, who actually runs the, um, you know, the, the, the agency portion of Clutch Sports, which, you know, they sign all the athletes. Doesn't have a college degree. Now, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, this offseason alone, just this year, just this year, has accumulated a billion dollars worth of contracts. Hold on. Wait a minute. A billion dollars worth of contracts in one short summer. And that's just in the NBA. A billion dollars worth of contracts. That's the type of work Rich Paul has been putting in. The same Rich Paul that agents were saying has too much power or he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to do business right. Uh, this black man, along with LeBron James, Maverick Carter, has put together this infrastructure called Clutch Sports that has black athletes going to black sports agents, putting the minds together and coming with that wealth. And what we got to see this summer was how that looks. And they only a few years into the game. I think two a few years uh, don't quote me but I think maybe three maybe like three or four years Clutch Sports have been around 
and they've accumulated a billion dollars worth of NBA money this summer alone. That's huge. So this is the problem is when them crackers try and move the bar. First, they didn't think you could do it. They said you wasn't good at it. Like, so he not going to be an issue anyway. Like, you know, fuck it. Like, let them do what they little thing. Athletes not going to want to go there anyway. These fools don't got no college degrees, no experience, yada, yada, yada. And what happens? The same thing we did with, you know, hip hop, the music industry, movie industry. You know, when we decide to put those minds together, HBCUs, however you want to do it. Like, we've done it in multiple different avenues, right? We've come together and we've built something that's now working and motherfuckers want to move the bar. They got to slow down a billion dollars. That's a lot for some motherfuckers who just put some shit together a few years ago. A billion dollars worth of revenue in one summer. That's just NBA money. They ain't even started to dive into football really yet. Basketball, I mean, not basketball, football, baseball, soccer, uh, shit, women's tennis, like they just getting started and this is just the one LeBron is really in right now you know because he obviously plays for them but LeBron also is probably the most popular basketball player arguably you know him Steph KD you know arguably the most popular player in the world right now if not the most popular player he's definitely the most business savvy right now at this point right so what you got is him already he getting all the young boys up the young boys because he he'll probably be out of here and you know i think he got like two three years left on his contract so i think this probably be it for Bronny. probably play this one out and then he on his way but all of these young boys that look up to him is signing with who clutch sports and even the ones that's not they signing with rock nation lil wayne got his own sports management so you now you're starting to see the athletes black athletes being represented by black agents the bar is moved and you know what i said when i seen that good luck good luck i didn't care i mean these, these boys then came too far man these are the same folks that was you know they had nothing had nothing and they already turned this into something that is requiring the attention of the NCAA and the NBA because they got that much power like if you think the little college degree shit gonna slow them down y'all in trouble you niggas in trouble they in trouble man so uh I'm excited for clutch sports uh I'm excited for uh what the future holds and hopefully this leads to a lot of others you know, building up some good infrastructure in these, uh, you know, in these uh, avenues that we really control. We control basketball. We are the talent. You know, without black athletes, there is no NBA. You know, nobody watching that shit. So we got to take control over it. We got to run that money a little bit. We see Cube. He's running the, the big three. Like, you know, that's what's next. We need our own. We need more of our own leagues, I should say. All right. So um, keep that in mind and shout out to Rich Paul Clutch Sports. Atlanta season three and four is coming back. This is a short one, but Atlanta season three and four, my man Donald Glover, fresh off the Lion King, Big Simba singing that Hakuna Matata. Ooh. You know he was dead wrong for that, for them, them ad libs, them soul ad libs he put into Hakuna Matata, but it's all right, we're going to let him live. But uh, only be, we're only letting him live because Atlanta season three and four is coming out. All right, boom. So we got that. They'll be shooting both seasons, actually season three and season four. I believe they'll both have eight episodes, but they're shooting in the spring of 2020. So we probably won't see it until uh, probably that fall, I'm assuming. That fall or early the next spring. So, um, but yeah, that's a that's a dope thing, man. I'm, I'm excited to see Atlanta, man. Shout out to Donald Glover and the crew, man. Been doing big things. Uh, Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott is talking about holding out the whole 2019. And I say, get your money, playboy. I know it's a lot of Cowboys fans hurt by that. And I know it's a lot of Eagles and Giants and Redskins fans that's very excited about that. But as a people, regardless of what team you on, we got to say he deserved his money. And he need to hold out as long as he need to to get what he need. I don't trust football 
uh, and I don't trust your knees or your ACL, your ankles, your legs, your head. I don't trust none of that in football. It could be over very quickly. So get your money, Zeke. And we already seen what's my man's name from uh, the Jets. What's his name? Ah, what's his name? Anyway, the running back, the one who jump around and shit in the backfield for the Steelers, but he went to the Jets. He nice. Anyway, he 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 uh, held out all last year, and then he ended up getting his money. They said he took maybe a slight bit less, but he got you know his money over there. He got that contract he wanted. All right, get your money, Zeke. For my hard knock fans, Raider Nation, it's taking over HBO, baby. It's been a long time coming, baby, baby, hey, baby. So we got hard knocks with the Raiders, baby, in Oakland. You feel me? We're finna hold it down for four weeks. Take y'all up to the season, man. I'm very excited to see Gruden, Carr, big business booming, Antonio Brown. Uh, I'm excited about this season. Excited we finna go 7-9. and nine. But fuck it, you know, it's a step, you feel me? Maybe 8-8, eight and eight, I don't know, probably 7-9, and nine, whatever the fuck. But, hey, listen, I'm just excited to see my squad, man. I'm excited to see my boys, man. So Hard Knocks comes on tonight, HBO. Check it out, all right? Okay, make sure, uh, if you haven't yet, go uh, subscribe to Imani's YouTube channel. That's Imani, I-M-A-N-I. Shani on YouTube. That's her YouTube channel. She got her first video to hit a million views. I think it's actually up to 1.4 now. Yeah, 1.4. So I think she went up 400,000 in a short week. So yeah, man, it's only a matter of time for that girl. Boom, 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 boom. So uh, yeah, check her out. Check her page out. Um, oh, yeah. Excuse me, niggas. Um, uh, what else? Oh, Go order my book if you haven't. Uh, my Historically Black Purpose. We got that on uh, physical books. Get it sent to yourself. Uh, ebook. Download it right now. Audio book. Listen to it whenever the fuck you want to. All of those joints right now. You can get uh, all of those right now. So um, definitely check out uh, my website. So it's on there. MyHistoricallyBlackPurpose.com. My historically blackpurpose.com go check all of that good stuff out we got merch on there too uh i'll go back on tour with the black college expo this uh fall so i think the first cities we hitting is seattle and new york so i'll be popping up with merch and books and all of those cities as i'm touring at the schools also be doing some performing i got a lot of new music coming out i'm super excited about to share with y'all um, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a surgical fall winter, all of that good stuff, man. So uh, stay tuned, stay tuned. But definitely do those things. Uh, subscribe to Imani Shani's YouTube channel and definitely go purchase my book. Share it with somebody who needs it. All right, all right, cool. Now this is some shit that's been bothering me, and I haven't said anything. I haven't said anything. And I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it short because we, we, we're trying to stay positive. But um, we have got to stop comparing uh, oppression. Stop comparing. We have an oppression Olympics or oppression championships, right? And I'm gonna just keep it. I'm keeping it with us right now. So specifically, black men. And black women And if you're not black and you're listening to this It's alright, you know I'm sure you got your own little shit too So it's just We talking about our little thing right quick If you want to fast forward three minutes ahead, it's all good But this is, I had to get this off My chest, you feel me Okay, so Bro, listen And I just seen this today, so I'm just using this as an example I know men do it too But women, you know this, I'm just, this one for y'all, but I know we do it too, so I'm just saying in general. All right. Now, I was on uh, Twitter today, and this man was basically saying, you know, damn man, black the black man got it hard, man. On his own Twitter, minding his own business, man, the fucking black man got it hard, man. You know, it's fucked up out here, man. Black man got it hard. 
Now, right after that, a sister tweets this man and says, yeah, but try being a black woman. That's the hardest shit to be in the world. Yada, yada, whoop de whoop. Now, we all black, first off. So I can absolutely, I got a black mama, I got a black sister, black aunties, black, uh, nigga, black everything, really. Black friends, it's blacks everywhere, all down my family line, through my phone book, through my Instagram feed, everywhere. It's black everything. So, of course, I just naturally feel like if you having a bad day, I'm having a bad day. Period. You feel me? Simple as that. That's all it need to be. All right. So we got to get out this thing of as soon as somebody start talking about how bad they got it or how fucked up they day was, we and I'm using man or woman. It don't matter because I just like I said, I know both do it. I'm being I'm being political. I'm being a little political. But we got to get out this thing of like reverting the discussion back to on us like let that man or that woman have his time to express his or herself in a manner that is good for them to get things off their chest and verbalize it and let that be done with it and then let's talk about your part all right and when we talking about your part just tell me how fucked up you got it. You don't got it to say your shit ain't that bad. My shit is worse. That shit ain't cool. It's just not cool. It's not cool. Motherfuckers don't like that shit. It's very selfish. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you 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 gotta step out your little ego for a little minute and just empathize with somebody else going through their shit and let that happen. But this whole plan, I got it worse than you do. Black man got it worse or black woman got it worse. Bro, we in this shit together. So stop with the, like, that shit is irrelevant. It really is. It really is. In the grand scheme of things, it's a lot of shit that black women need help with because it's fucked up. And it's a lot of shit that black men need help with that's also fucked up. Right? So what that means is we really need to join forces I know it sounds very very elementary join forces let each other say our piece get what we need because we know best what probably we need to get done with ourselves don't really need nobody else to tell us for the most part you know of course we respect each other's opinions and you know we need it from time to time but like let us get that and verbalize it what we need you know and this is for anybody it's not just black men and black women but you know it could be between you and your coworker or some shit stop comparing oppression man stop it just stop doing that shit handle and find solutions to the individual problem and if there's a bigger problem come together so it can be a solution to the whole problem but belittling someone because you think your shit is worse is the worst way to go about shit like that and like i said it's very selfish so please 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 if you're in conversation with anybody um you know leave that shit out of it leave it out of it Respect that man or that woman for what they got going on. And then let's find solutions for them first. Then if you got some shit, we'll find something for you. And then if it's some shit we equally ain't vibing on, let's find something together. Cool? Cool. Let me take a swig of this water. So, we need... Also, this was my follow-up. Um, NBA Youngboy was catching a little flack because he um, he was asked about Nipsey Hussle 
And he has said, uh, I can't show fake love. Well, first off, the reporter has said, you know, how you feel about the whole Nipsey thing? Um, you know, you being a father and a rapper kind of doing the same thing. Like, you know, how, you know, how do you feel about this situation? How has it kind of affected you? And he said, uh, I can't show fake love. I don't know that man. Uh and you know and I quote you know but I guess we can pray for his family I guess and then he hopped in the car now a couple things one uh, you know shit that man could have been having whatever type of day he had and, you know fucked up day and he was short with his answers cause that just might have been what was going on with him uh, but I think it was uh, the second thing I'm about to bring up and I think uh that's really what it is. Um, I think we as a people, um, I think people in general, but I'm just talking about black people right now because of the shit we've suffered via, um, you know, slavery and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And us, you know, our communities being very fucked up. Uh, one parent households Even though we know we got a lot of good communities too A lot of good communities So I'm not just saying all our shit is fucked up Because we know that's not the case But I'm saying for the ones that are You know those fucked up communities And you know Because there are a lot of them in America And uh, you know those households Where you know It may be one parent or no parent Sometime or maybe it might be a grandparent Right you know where these kids is like forced to raise themselves uh we lack true empathy lack true empathy and i i say that with love like i definitely say that with love we we lack empathy um because uh and nba young boy he, he he's he, he's a youngster he, he's I think he may be like 20 21 so he's he's super young but uh you know if you know his story he's been through a lot of things too and someone who can um you know say what he said like uh you know i can't show fake love uh for you know nip dying or anybody dying you know because i ain't know that man um this it's not you gas in a situation and you saying well I listen to all his fucking music I was his biggest fan I was going to all his concerts and then that wasn't you like to me that's showing fake love you know what I'm saying it's like alright bro you being extra like you can't even name two or three of his songs so don't don't tell me he the greatest rapper of all time and you ain't never heard nobody do nothing better. You ain't seen nobody realer. Like, nobody's saying all of that type of shit if you have not met that man. And he's completely, you know, in the right on that end to be able to say that. But why I say we lack empathy is because, um, you know, it's not just him. It's a lot of young boys and young girls and grown men and grown women who would probably say the same thing about not just not Nipsey, but just anybody they don't know that dies. Um, I don't have to know you to know and feel that you have value as a human being. Right. So even if I don't know you. I haven't heard nothing bad about you. Um, haven't heard you was on some like sucker shit or doing, you know, weirdo shit. And even if you was doing, you know, some sucker shit, like for anybody to lose their life, um, I feel like we can all as human beings say that's fucked up and we need to do something about that. You know, because this wasn't somebody who just, you know, died in his sleep. This is somebody who was murdered in front of his shop uh, that he helped create that was, you know, employing people. And even if it wasn't, this is just a man or a woman who didn't get a chance 
to live up to their full potential because they were taken from this world prematurely. And that's the part that we can all feel is that he didn't get a chance to even develop into his full self. I do know that. I do know that he didn't get a chance to develop into his full self because his life was taken from him by unnatural causes. He didn't get to see his kids grow older. He died before his mama or his daddy. Now they got to bury him. His kids won't be able to see, uh, you know, their daddy anymore, right? So I can empathize with that as a human being because he didn't get to reach his full potential and the people who closest to him didn't get to see him reach that and he didn't get to see them reach, at least in the physical form, the point in their lives that I'm sure he was planning on seeing, right? So I think as human beings, the same way I don't know a soul that was shot in Gilroy, Dayton, or El Paso, but I do know that a motherfucker walking to Walmart or being at a fair or going to the club or to the bar with their friends don't deserve to die for just existing. And as a human, I can say that's fucked up. And I hope that we can get to a point as a community where we can change an environment and stop shit like that from happening. And I know everybody says, you know, you can never stop all of that, but to me, that's a loser's mentality, right? So even if we get the shit down to 1%, you know, it's only 1% of murders happening, you know, in the world or worldwide. Naturally, of course, that's a win and we celebrate it. But that don't mean we stop there because it's down to 1%. Let's try and get it to zero, right? So that's why I'm at with it. Of course, we know, you know, shit like that. Um is going to happen and it's been happening uh, but it's our duty as human beings to try and make tomorrow uh, a better spot for our young ones and even for ourselves because we still living here if you're in your 20s hopefully you got at least another 60 years if you're in your 30s hopefully at least you got another 50 and if you really on your you know your healthy shit and God got a real plan for you you know you 20 you got another 80 years you 30 you got another 70 so You know, that's how we got to be thinking about it. You know, just showing that empathy um, for one another and being able to sympathize uh, with the people involved and knowing that you ain't reach your full potential, bro, or sus. And we got to figure out how we can develop methods practices build up our communities and whatnot to ensure that stuff like that stops happening so we do need we we, we're in desperate need of more empathy and i think it starts at home and uh with each and every one of us i think it can start with whoever we come in contact with whether it's kids homeboys homegirls who we know man this little motherfucker a little rough like you know What's going on with him? Why he feel that way? Because a lot of people who feel like that is just people who ain't been loved. Right? You know what I'm saying? And ain't been loved unconditionally. You know? So they hurting inside. Right? Because a lot of them feel like, man, motherfuckers ain't going to care about me when I go. Right? So, you know, those people are in desperate need of some loving too. So that's my two cents um, on that. Shout out to NBA Youngboy and uh, all the rest of the youngsters out here doing what they do. So, uh, God bless them, man. God bless them. Um, what else? What else? Uh, first off, my favorite motherfucking segment is back. Kicked out the queue. We're going to make it pretty short, special for y'all, you know. Last week, I think a woman got married to her dog. Shit happens, I guess. Um, Shit just got real, man. We got some real weird shit going on. All right. In Camberwell, London, there's a man. I don't even think he gave his name. I wouldn't. He didn't give his name. 
Now, it's a lot of people who have fetishes in life, right? You know, you might got the thing with, you know, extremely big women or extremely big men, you know, like whipped cream put on you. I don't know. Uh, you like to do it in bathroom stalls. I don't know what your thing is. That don't have nothing to do with me. But I know it's a lot of people out here doing weird shit. So the bizarre shit I ran across, of course, because it's kicked out the queue where you get kicked out the barbecue for the most despicable, weird, dumb shit that you could think of. This man, 26 years old, pays 100 pounds. However the fuck much that is. I don't know. 100 pounds to give him a wedgie. In public Until the motherfucking band Pops off the drawers, nigga That's right He goes into public places And pays this woman a hundred pounds To pull his boxers up Until they crush his nuts And penis And rips Off The band around his drawers you can't make some shit like this up. That's his fetish. And I feel like I shouldn't even have to explain why he's kicked out the queue. Bro, you need help. You really do. And um, I'm not even going to say she need help because for 100 pounds, however the fuck much that is, I would do it too. Let a woman tell me to give her a wedgie until the band pops. Weekly For 100 pounds I'll do it And I don't even know how much it is That's right I said it So my man You are kicked out the queue For getting a wedgie Pulled so far up your ass That the band breaks And you paying somebody to do it Kicked out the queue ladies and gentlemen Kicked out the queue And they had the nerve to post a picture Of the band being popped This shit is wild it's really wild. Okay. Anyway, last topic. So, hip-hop list. Hip-hop list. Now, hip-hop is one of those things where, you know, motherfuckers get in the black community, will throw some bows over. You know, it's a lot of big hip-hop fans out here, right? Of course it is. Hip-hop, the greatest genre of music on the planet. And black culture, one of the only things we fucking claim to the fucking death of us is some hip hop, right? So, if you know, uh, this week an anonymous list came out with uh, the top 50 rappers, though this person perceived as the top 50 rappers of all time. Uh, Jay Z was one, Nas was two, and Joe Button. Yes, I said it. Joe Button was number three. Um, yeah So I don't even know if I should even say anything else after that They put my man Joe as number three I fuck with Joe I fuck with Joe But that's the type of list it was, right? So um, I want to talk about this About list for a second <laughs> Let me take a squid Because it's going to be some Honest heart to heart shit Alright First things first We'll just keep it hip hop at first Now in hip hop There are so many different avenues And lanes within hip hop That There is no clear Number one person For hip hop And I live that to the motherfucking death of me. Like that's that's what it is. Like and that's honest to everything. There is no top motherfucking number one person to ever do this shit ever in life. Doesn't exist. Never has, never will. What there is is top people according to you and the life that you live within yourself. What do I mean by that? Okay. So if I'm a nigga, and I am one, that doesn't go to the club that often, like I, I don't. I love to have a good time, but I don't go to to the club all that often. I don't. I just don't. That's. 
I just don't go to the club that often. Like most of my time is spent in my house, uh, within myself, you know, working, uh, hustling. If I'm not at the house, hustling. And three at the gym. Right? So in between those, right? In between those. You know, of course it's it's time to listen to music, right? But those are the spots where I spend most of my time. Gym, handling business, hustling. So when I'm in the gym, obviously a lot more, you know, fast-paced stuff. Sometimes. Two, hustling. More just kind of motivational, nigga, you could do this shit, right? Three, where I spend majority of my time is doing my work in the house within my own thoughts, like where I could really digest music. So I enjoy listening to shit. Decoding it, dissecting it That's for me What my list of hip hop niggas Would be comprised of Number one being Niggas where It's some very artistic shit That I could dive deep into With the words, the stories they telling Because I got time to dissect uh, In my mind, through my headphones What's going on Right? Boom. And what follows up with that would be, you know, some of the more fast-paced stuff with the gym and hustling. Boom. Okay. Now, for a nigga who's from who wherever you from. So I went to college with a lot of niggas from New York, right? These niggas love battle rap. URL smack all of that shit. These niggas will give me a list of their top 15 niggas and they will all be fucking battle rappers. Like these is the top 15 niggas and like these is the best lyrical niggas on the planet. Boom. That's their list of niggas, right? Then we got another group of niggas. They might just always be in the club or that's like just the type of music they listen to. So these is the type of niggas that appeal to them. All of us is going to have different lists, right? So depending on what type of avenue of life you are walking through and walking within, a nigga can't tell you nothing about your list, really, because that's what applies to you, right? And it's adequate because that's your life. That's how you um, digest your music. And that means something, right? So that's why a list is important. What's not important is any nigga telling you these are the top 50 rappers of all time, period. And it's nothing a nigga can say about it. It's not up for debate. Like, this is what it is, period. And you stupid if you don't have such and such in this. You got those type of niggas, right? And let me talk about those type of niggas real quick. Now, nigga, first off, don't put yourself on such a high horse that everything you listen to and what you indulge in is the end all be all of motherfucking all things lyrically, poetically, smooth, hip hop, trap, nigga, fucking whatever type of rap you want. Like, that's the end all be all. It's not. All right, and respect a nigga's opinion who got some shit outside of what your cipher is for their music because that's what they appreciate. Boom, right? So, as people, we just got to understand that. So, you got a lot of people who use these lists with an agenda. One, it might just be to get some people talking, it might be to uh, just stir up some controversy, right? Uh, three, it might be to just belittle a nigga. Like, so I'm gonna do this list and I'm gonna leave such and such off here, or I'm gonna drop a motherfucker all the way down this list just so they could feel some type of way about it. You got shit like that. And then you got people who make motherfucking lists just so they can be or feel validated to a point of, I'm saying this and it means something. And if you're not on this, 
it don't mean something. And people is trying to find those little avenues for themselves. So fuck a list. Like, I really don't think it's no. I had this interesting conversation. And this is when I kind of came to that realization. Because I used to be one of them too. Like, nah, nigga, how you not going to feel like such and such is the best, right? And um, me and my homeboy, DJ Mike D the Great. Uh, we had had a conversation, I think this was last fall, and we was talking about the best albums that came out last year. And I had said, uh, I thought Victory Lap was the best album last year. That was my, that was the one I thought was the best. And he said he thought Travis Scott joint uh, was the best one. And, you know, he could tell me, you know, hit me up, Mike, if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. At least at that time when we had had this conversation, you had said Travis Scott I had said uh, Nipsey, right? And as I thought about it afterwards, and I don't even think me and him kind of talked about it, or we might have, I don't remember. But like I said, I'm a person who stays, you know, within my cipher. Like I'm listening to music in my headphones, you know, a lot of times by myself in the car doing what I'm doing. Boom. Just diving through the music, I'm listening to the stories, whoop de whoop de whoop, like, and I get something out of that. And if you got somebody who can keep me interested like that, like, oh, this is cool, this is deep, like, I like how he told this story, I did this and that, yada yada yada, like, that shit does it for me, right? Now, my man DJ Mike D, what he got in front of his name is DJ. That motherfucker is in the club, like, you know, he's a raw DJ, DJ Mike D. So he's listening to shit at a different frequency most of the time. Like he getting parties turned and Travis Scott is a turnt ass nigga. So obviously. And that might not even be why, but to me, that's what I'm thinking. I think and I'll have this conversation with again, like we on two different frequencies uh, majority of the time. So we both know good music when we hear it. Right. Like same way he liked uh, he liked Victory Lap and I like Travis Scott joint. I just thought you know um, Nipsey's joint was better, but our minds is moving uh, at two different spots. You know, for at least most of the time, you know, on a weekly basis, he's in a club a lot. I'm not right, so he's listening to music a little bit different than I am, and I think that's the part we got to get to to understand. You know, it's respect amongst that. And I think that's the cool thing about hip hop is it can show you a lot about a person um, and not so much, you know, because like Nas is like my favorite rapper. But I also think Young Thug is like one of the best fucking rappers nigga ever. Like that's one of my favorite guys. Right. So, uh, you know, you can get a lot of assumptions from, you know, a list that somebody puts together. But then also not really because it's just different frequencies. Right. And whatever you moving on is what sometimes will tap into your spirit. Right. At whatever frequency that is. And it's different for all of us because we all wired different. So, like I said, some people might be looking straight at niggas. Storytelling is the purest form of rap. That's it in its raw sense. So if you're not a raw storyteller, you can't be fucking number one in hip hop. And then there's some niggas who might be like, nah, niggas, like if you can't get a party turned to swat, like if I can't play 10 of your songs at a club, how the fuck can you be number one? And then you got the other niggas. Like if you can't rhyme fucking 10 words all together, nigga, at the same time that start with motherfucking A and got three different motherfucking vowels going through it, like, you got niggas like that too, right? Or it might be the niggas that say if you can't get on a stage and battle a nigga for fucking 10 minutes, right? With pre-written shit, like you not that nigga. Or if you can't get on stage and freestyle nigga, like real freestyle just come off the top of your head, like how can you be a top nigga, right? So people's criterias are all going to be different. So a list is really some bullshit. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you're talking about who is the best nigga, there is no best nigga because they all great. 
you know, at different things. And most of those people that we put on those lists are going to be, if we all came with a top 50, a top 100 list, whatever, a lot of us going to have a lot of the same people on there, right? You know, at least, you know, for the most part, you know, some some part, some spots here and there. Like, or at least it'll be to a point where we can respect the nigga putting this on their list. Like, oh, I heard of such and such. I might not fuck with his music all like that, but I can respect his artistry, you know, because of other people I've heard. Boom. Let that be that, right? But it's always going to be different criterias, and none of these niggas, bruh, is, is raw at every fucking one of them. Like, your job as an MC is to try and be as raw as you can. Uh, first off, in whichever venues or avenues that you want to be raw in, right? So if it's your thing to be number one at the club and you only worried about Billboard, nigga, that's... You might be fucking Travis Scott or Drake or some shit like that. But I know Drake is worried about, you know, more than shit like that. And probably Travis Scott, too. But I'm just saying in general, you know, but if you're a super storytelling nigga, like you just might be on some fucking slick Rick shit. Right. So my my point is, like, everybody's list is going to be different. And if it ain't real criteria at the top of it where we can really decipher this shit like oh these is the 10 best storytelling niggas these is the 10 best niggas that freestyle off the top of their brain these is the 10 best battle rappers or whatever the fuck like it really like it's not no one solid list of just 50 niggas that rap like it's because nigga you can make an argument against each one of them in a hundred different ways depending on what type of list you want it to be right and uh, I think that's the part where, you know, you got to decide that. So fuck a list. But I am interested to see other people's lists because it tells me, you know, what you like is music. It might tell me a little bit about you. And it just might put me on some shit I ain't never heard. Right. So lists are important, you know, but stop the motherfucking. I'm the end all be all. If you don't got this person on my list, you ain't. Nah, nah, nigga, you you ain't that important. Get over it. Right. So anyway, that's my spiel. Uh, you know, go listen to some hip hop today just because you love it. Not because a nigga need to be better than anybody, but just because there's some shit that hits your spirit, bro. Play your, play your top 10 favorite songs of all time today. Make a little playlist for yourself, all right? So with that being said, this has been a great episode. I'm glad y'all listening. Please share it with a friend. Of uh, I was about to call it My Historically Black Purpose, bro. That's how much I've been in this fucking book. But go pick up My Historically Black Purpose and subscribe to Imani's YouTube channel. I-M-A-N-I Shani S-H-A-N-I Imani Shani on YouTube. Subscribe to her channel and yeah, let that be that. And for me, go get my book. Woo! Go get my book and some merch, My Historically Black Purpose. And you can go right to the website, myhistoricallyblackpurpose.com, myhistoricallyblackpurpose.com, and you can find everything there. And with that being said, uh, show empathy, show peace, show love, spread light in the best way you know. Stay positive. Text somebody right now that you love them. And uh, let's make this a great week, y'all. Love. Akuna Matata, niggas.